Welcome to Just Jive Pod. I'm Jerome. And I'm Jesse, and uh, welcome back. It's another Tuesday. Yeah, we're really happy that you guys can join us today. Um, it's a pretty special episode today. It right? is. It's session three, but we actually have a guest here with us today. Oh, okay. But uh, first thing first, Jerome, what are we drinking today? We are drinking Aurora Hopialis uh, from... Carl Strauss Brewing Company, uh, yeah. which I believe is down in San Diego. San Diego, it's almost becoming like a chain nowadays. Um, I, I know there's like three in Orange County, uh, yeah. a couple in LA probably, I think, right? I think there's at least one in LA, maybe. I'm, I'm just spitballing off the top of my yeah. head. I'm not sure. Have you, have you had their food before? Yes, it's really good. Dude, yeah, it's like better than... I think it's probably one of the best gourmet like bar food places, I think, right? I don't know about best, but it's up there. Okay, okay. Well, what do I know, right? Um, but what do you think of it? Uh, I mean, this is one of my favorite IPAs, like like more like mainstream ones, just because okay. like it has a kick, but it almost tastes very. It's very smooth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think Aurora is actually a great description of it because it's it does make you feel like it has a pretty like floral, but also like broad like yeah. palette. Um, yeah. It's, it's nice. It's nice for an IPA. Yeah. So today our guest is Lisa. Yeah, uh, Lisa. Um, Lisa's first one of our friends. Yeah, what do you think of the beer, Lisa? Yeah. Great. A little <laughs> early, but I'm enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, so yeah, Lisa's our first guest. Um, our, our big topic today is actually pretty cool. Um, I, I hope it's relevant for a lot of you guys listening. Um, but it's the topic of sacrificing for the sake of work. And we'll yeah. get into a little bit more of that later. But first, uh, who are you, Lisa? Um, where are you from originally? Well, sometimes that's a hard question to answer, believe it or not. Because um, I was originally born in Belgium. Um, mm. I'm Korean by blood. But yeah, I lived in Belgium and I lived in Korea. Then I moved to Northern California. Wow. So I guess kind of all over... <laughs> I'm from a lot of places. Okay. Yeah. So most recently, um, the big move was from uh, Northern California then. Right. Um, but before that, you you moved around a little bit. Um, how yeah. much time did you spend in each of those places? Uh, let's see. About six years in Belgium, another six or so in Korea. And then towards the end of sixth grade, I moved to um, Northern California. Wow. Okay. That's pretty... That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and then about five and a half years ago, I moved down to SoCal. Cool. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about that. Um, how did you find yourself down here in Southern California um, and here specifically in Irvine? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm actually a grad student at UC Irvine right now. And that's how I ended up moving down um, when I had the academic opportunity. Um, yeah, I thought it would be a good fit. And I've been here for about five and a half years. And I'm actually graduating in less than two weeks. So, yeah, yeah, Graduation. Yeah, that's always an exciting thing. Yeah, almost at the end of my time here. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the next big question is like that people have asked you, I'm sure, is it's what's next, right? Um, you're graduating, mm -hmm. what's the next big thing? Uh, but tell us, so before, before we get there, tell us a little bit about your academic roots. Uh, when did you go to college? Where did you go to college and uh, grad school? And what did you study? What are you, what are you graduating with a doctorate in? Oh, well, so currently I'm studying neuroscience. And it kind of led up to this from when I was in college at UC Davis. So mm. I was still up in Northern California. And there I double majored with psychology. And then the other one was, it's a long name, be prepared, 
It's called Neurobiology, Physiology, and Behavior. Oh, that's our time, guys. <laughs> yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a long name, and believe it or not, right now what I do and have been studying in grad school is actually encompassing all of those things, which has been pretty awesome. So, yeah, I've been largely in neuroscience, but actually doing physiology, studying behaviors, mm -hmm. using animals, and so on. So I'm a nerd by career, basically. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, well, you're in good company with us. <laughs> yep. um, so when and why did you decide to apply for your PhD? You know, people in the biological field actually start off as, oh, I'm going to go to medical school. Mm -hmm. That is very, very common going into college. <laughs> I was one of those okay. people, but I quickly realized I did not want to work with patients and sick people. It's just not suitable for me. Okay. I'm an introvert. I don't know. It just wasn't going to be the right thing. Mm -hmm. And there came a time when my um, my grandpa was really sick. He got Alzheimer's and I realized there's no cure and who finds the cure? Somebody has to. Mm. And yeah, that's when I realized research actually be a really good fit for me. Mm. I actually enjoy being in the lab. People think it's repetitive, but it's not. You know, day to day can really be different and you get to find out something that no one else knows in mm. the world. You get to find that out for the first time and with the goal of making society and human life better you have that in mind i think that's really amazing right. so yeah, yeah in undergrad i kind of started going that direction and ended up here so going for the next nobel peace prize maybe oh yeah peace prize i don't know about that <laughs> well but at least maybe like you know discovering something for for the better of like society as a yeah. whole that's um, the goal yeah and that's that's really cool yeah and you know that's just as important um as as like the people who are treating patients firsthand it's just a different angle of it right like exactly. um, some people are gifted in in caring for patients or um, working directly with people but some people are gifted with the other side of it which is right. fueling all the research that drives um current practice in medicine yeah, um, so yeah that's exactly. honestly really cool um so a little bit about your like study like what like what has day-to-day -day looked like um, for you the last couple of years in grad school oh man it really depends and like i said people think research is repetitive but it's not because some days i'm running experiments and dissecting out fruit fly heads and brains or some other days i'm spending time mentoring undergrad students some other days i have meetings with collaborators and Sometimes I lock myself in a room and write and write and write. <laughs> wow. I get to go to conferences, present my work, meet other researchers and professional nerds. So it really depends on the day, but you do a lot of different things. And again, with the goal in mind of trying to find something, I guess a cure yeah. or an answer to something that we just don't have right now. Yeah, and since you've been, like, since you've been with UCI, um, has that felt like you've just been still continuing in school considering you're in grad school, but you're also in this research environment where it's it's maybe more like work too. So how has that balance felt like for you? Oh, you know, I actually really hate school. <laughs> uh, my okay. PR didn't leave, but I hate being a student in school. I'm not a textbook learner by any means, which is why I like labs so much. And actually being in the lab and being in PhD program doesn't feel like school by any means mm, okay yeah you really are working you are being mentored by someone in that sense you're a student and you're supposed to be a trainee 
that's the term we often call it and it doesn't it's not the kind of student people typically think of as going to class and taking you know looking at textbooks and so on it's very different so all of my PhD education is dependent on the research that I do and the manuscripts that I produce which actually is what any professors would want to do as well but mm. with um, by mentoring students so yeah. I'm just at a different angle of it, yeah, but yeah. I it definitely doesn't feel like being a student, mm, which is why I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> Since if you hate school, but it's not doesn't feel like school, then it's probably okay. Exactly. Um, so my last question for you in this section is, um, what, like, what would you encourage or recommend for people who are considering grad school? Um, even myself, I'm considering going back to school eventually, but what, uh, what, what recommendations would you give to people who are thinking about it or on the fence? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think grad school is a commitment and it's by any means, it's not a short term commitment. So mm -hmm. I think it's important to really think about if this is something you actually want to do and know what you're getting into. Because I have seen people come to grad school not knowing what it entails and some people come in thinking well I'm done with undergrad and I don't know what to do with myself so I'm just gonna go to school again I think that's a terrible idea hmm. um, masters might be a little different because it is shorter right but right. you do have to pay tuition by the way PhD if you're in research especially in the biomedicine field you actually don't pay tuition they pay you so there's a huge difference All right, then all right but it's a long it's a marathon it's a lot of work I yeah think. so you don't want to go into it and realize a couple years in like this is not for me which right. a lot of you know good number of people do drop out and you know realize later on that it's not for them because mm -hmm. it is different than textbook learning when you're right. doing a phd more often than not so yeah. i think that's really important to think about and yeah just really look at what it actually is day to day and also in the long run and mm. if your career maybe doesn't need it why spend five to six, seven years getting a PhD? If you're going to get paid the same, you still get the career that you want. Maybe it's not for you mm -hmm. either. So yeah. I think a lot of things to consider there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Lisa is actually going to be moving out of California in a couple of weeks at this point, a month, yeah, a couple of weeks. Yeah, three weeks or so yeah, yeah moving out of socal apparently um, i love moving around <laughs> yeah at least a couple weeks after this recording but maybe a little bit closer to when this actually is you guys are listening yeah to this. she might have yeah. already be gone at end that of point. march maybe oh, end of maybe. march yeah yeah no, for sure but um so like jesse mentioned earlier you know our topic today is um it's honestly kind of a heavy one um it's this idea of sacrificing for the sake of your career for the sake of your work yeah. or profession um so, Lisa, I guess, you know, for you, like you said, you've moved a lot around quite a bit, whether it's from NorCal, SoCal, wherever now. Um, when in your academic career did it kind of click for you that, oh, man, there's going to be quite a bit of sacrifice for pursuing this career? Well, I don't think there was a single time or day that I realized mm. it, but I did mm. see more and more as I, I guess kind of went down this route the academic route that yeah depending on what I do I think it can be limiting especially geographically mm. and sacrificing can you know come in a lot of different terms I think yeah, and right. moving of course is one of them especially in this career because you get a job at a 
research institution or university and those are in very specific places right it's it's not like i i don't know it's it's not one of those careers where you just go anywhere and mm -hmm. then find a job so yeah the more i realized this is what i wanted to do the more i kind of saw that yeah you take a job where you can get it mm -hmm. um and you have to find a good fit and etc etc so mm -hmm. it can get really limiting depending on um, all of those things mm -hmm. and of course I guess I've been married for about a year and a half now. Mm. Sometimes I forget. <laughs> um, I being married, I think changed that perspective too because I realized it's not just my sacrifice, but I'm making my spouse sacrifice quite a bit too because he has right. to move with me wherever I can get a job, which is a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, and also time. I I'm so busy. Grad school is. A commitment it's a big commitment so i spend a lot of time working so of course that's a sacrifice i have to make and he has to make mm -hmm. um to mm -hmm. have time away oftentimes i think that most nine to five jobs do yeah yeah so i mean jesse myself and we're all good friends we hang out um and we were there like during the process of you know oh i'm going to you know uh santa barbara or i'm going to mm -hmm. location xyz of like hey th this is a possibility um, what, what were you looking for? I mean, you, you were, you know, you, I'm sure the different locations had their own glamour and maybe mm. their downsides, but, you know, you as an academic, uh, researcher, like, what were you looking for when, mm. um, you were considering these options? Yeah. So what you're talking about is my job search, right? Yeah. yeah so Academia is unique in a sense that things move slow. So I actually started my job search a whole year before I planned to graduate. So I wow. did all my job searches about wow. nine months ago. And I'm not starting for another, yeah, another few months. So yeah. it's a year-long process in, in a sense. And yeah, I went to a lot of different geographical locations to mm -hmm. do interviews. I actually had six interviews total. Wow. Um, and... Somewhere in the East Coast, somewhere up and down the coast of California, mm -hmm. kind of all over. Yeah, Santa Barbara, San Francisco, Berkeley, mm -hmm. um, San Diego, and then um, East Coast in Connecticut. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and there were so many things to consider, actually. And I think I had a list, an Excel spreadsheet, because I'm just nerdy like that, of 50-something <laughs> <Of> <laughs> different labs. And I work in a way of process of elimination. So I had my huge list and then went through all kinds of different options mm. and things to consider so of course research has to make sense yeah. for example i'm not a cancer researcher i'm not gonna go well i guess you could but i'm not gonna go randomly study i don't know veterinary medicine or sure. mm -hmm. you know it's just i'm so the field <clears throat> and the scientific topic's really important to me um so right. that's one thing i have to consider is this a research that i actually want to do that i can contribute to and actually progress forward and does it have a good lab environment which um for some labs, they already had a reputation that right. I, enough that I didn't want to even visit or consider because I knew in my early 30s, I don't really want to deal with being treated like a child or right. and so on. And I've okay. heard some bad things. Uh, location was one of the big considerations, actually. I would have loved to stay in California. My parents are getting older. I would love to be nearby. Right. Mm. And yeah, the institution itself. But yeah, the lab itself, I think, was really important too. Mm. What kind of environment that they have? Is it a good environment where they can help me progress in my career, but I can also contribute while in my time there? Right. 
because um, my next position is actually called postdoctoral researcher. Okay. And it's a research position. You work for that lab under a certain um, professor, or mm. you call principal investigator, PI. Okay. Um, not a private investigator, <laughs> a little different. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> That'd be a very different field. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and I really had to consider, because it's a transition position, how they can also help me in my career. Because it goes a long right. way. It really sets a tone. And um, yeah, it sets up for my career long term when I actually right. go for a professor position, which is the goal I'm going for. So many, many, many okay. things I consider. You almost had to hit that sweet spot, right? Like, you, you, it ha- can't be like too advanced, can't be like underdeveloped as a program, but... Just perfect at the right spot. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are really well-established labs. I mean, there were labs that are Nobel Prize winners, for example, mm. that, that I was actually considering too. Mm. Or there are labs that are brand new professors. You know, they don't really have established yet, but you know they're really good people doing exciting right. research. And there's so many options and things to consider. Yeah. yeah. In, in the long term, um, you were mentioning, like, you wanted to be a professor. Um, is doing your own research or like creating your own research something that you want to do yeah definitely so in the academia itself there are actually many different routes so you can be teaching heavy you can be research heavy if you think about bigger institutions a lot of the professors you have actually uh, they have their own labs and they're doing their own research especially Mm -hmm. in the biomedical field right and that's actually the goal that i have okay um i love teaching but my preference for teaching is more mentorship and mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. having more one-on-one rather than classroom teaching, which I still might, I, I likely will have to do as well. Mm-hmm. But I love the idea of having my own research lab and doing my own, you know, carrying out my own scientific research and being able to mentor students in that process. Right. Yeah, yeah, I would really love to have that happen. <laughs> yeah. So you had all these options. You have all these locations all across the United States. What did you end up deciding? I am going to Yale, which is in New Haven, Connecticut. I had no idea where that even was before <laughs> I applied. It, I mean, I knew it was in the East Coast, but, yeah. <laughs> but a little geographically challenged. Yeah. Um, for those that don't know, um, you're not alone. I didn't know either. It's right in between <laughs> Boston and New York City. Okay. And okay. it's just a train right away. Very nice. close. Yeah. <laughs> Very enlightening for me because I'm geographically challenged as yeah. well. So. New Haven, one of the new, uh, in the new corner, right? The <laughs> New York, New Jersey. Yeah. Sorry for all you East Coast players, but I'm just I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I'm mean, <laughs> sorry. So, you kind of described a lot of the factors that went into um, choosing a, a location to go to. Um, did Connecticut? Did Yale satisfy all of them? Did how, like what was that process of deciding? Um, and why did you choose it? And going through your Excel sheet. And, oh yeah. My. Like what? Yeah. How, how was that process for you? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was so hard. I thought after I narrowed down to six interviews and I thought at that point when I'm done with interviews and visited places, I would know. Right. I did not know. <laughs> and I okay. could not figure it out. It took me over two weeks to decide mm. of just me going back and forth saying, well, what about this? What about that one? Mm. And I definitely have something that my husband calls decision paralysis. <laughs> I just cannot pull the plug. And I right. had a really hard time choosing, considering this is a big step. and It's a big decision. Yeah, it was really hard. I had to consider a lot of things. Um, one things that did help me, once again, in the process of elimination was talking to some people that actually came through different 
labs that mm. I was considering. Uh, that was really helpful. I, you know, heard some positive things, but I also heard some negative things that I knew it wasn't going to be a good fit anymore, despite how much I liked everything else about it. There is, there was no one lab that was perfect. Mm -hmm. Yale, for an example, very far, very, right. very far. far. Um, you know, it, it takes a full day to travel out there realistically, mm. you know, if my parents want to visit or whatever. Yeah. So that, yeah, that was one of the things. And I had to think about, I, I mean, I had to think about everything. Yeah. Of course. How it's is this going to look for my career long term? Mm -hmm. Is this a good person to work for? Mm -hmm. Are people in there happy? Mm -hmm. um, or do they seem like they're kind of been beaten around for a few years? And Or I hear about people that actually didn't succeed. And you don't hear about those people unless you right. talk to the insiders. Mm -hmm. And they ended up kind of falling out. Yeah. So I had a lot of things to consider. But it did help talking to different people. And really sitting and thinking about it. And... I talked to my husband quite a bit and what really helped me give me the nudge was he always does this. He asks me the right questions. He'll never tell me what to do, but he will ask what's mm -hmm. important to you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So does that lab provide that? Does this lab provide this that you said was important? So that was really helpful. And ultimately when he said, Hey, I'm okay with moving to Yale. I'm, I'm okay mm, with wow. us moving there if it means your career is if that's the best option. Wow. That made it a lot easier. <laughs> dream man, dude. Well, oh, <laughs> sacrificing on his end. Too, yeah. So. Yeah. And maybe we'll bring him on as a, a guest. Yeah. Both you guys <laughs> I don't know what he'll say. A little bit about that. But... <laughs> a little scared. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's like, dang it. <laughs> maybe, maybe a part two. Thanks, yeah, husband. <laughs> Yeah, that, that made things a lot easier once he told me that. Yeah. Because yeah, that was my biggest reservation about that one lab. Yeah. So what about the rest of your family? I mean, like you said, with your parents still in uh, California, um, honestly, you're, most of your life in California, like, what was that process like making that decision with your family in consideration? <laughs> so I cared a lot about my parents' opinions, especially. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very close to them, but it's funny actually, before I even started this job search process, my dad has this weird obsession with Stanford. I don't know what oh, it is. Okay. <laughs> I tried to look for a job at Stanford. I actually didn't find the lab that I was interested in research wise. It just mm. didn't fit or I heard it just, I, I it didn't just find a right. single mm -hmm. lab that mm -hmm. I wanted to even apply to. So I didn't even bother. Wow. And my dad for the longest time has been telling me, go to Stanford, <laughs> go to Stanford. <laughs> and kind of side story, during our father-daughter dance and my wedding, I kid you not, he whispered in my ear, you should go to Stanford. <laughs> wow. I was like, really? You're telling me this now? At this moment? <laughs> oh my gosh. It happened. And I'm sorry, dad, but I... My, yeah, so that's my parents. They would have had love to have us close by. So Berkeley and I had two UCSF options. So half of my options, three out of six, were in the Bay Area. Wow. And that made it really hard because yeah. it made me want to be there. I really yeah. did. And those were great labs, but ultimately it wasn't the lab for me. Right. And I think that was part of my decision paralysis. I just couldn't pick because I knew there was that option to be that close to my parents. Right, right. Yeah. They wanted us to move in. <laughs> like, they really wanted us wow. right there. And like, Yeah. You know what? It, we had to make a decision one yeah. way or another. I knew this was still the best option to go mm -hmm. to Yale. And my parents were very supportive once I told them. <laughs> yeah. But it was okay. hard. Yeah. Knowing that they wanted us so close. 
So I know you kind of talked about this pretty kind of generally in just terms of like what are the uh, factors to consider. But I mean, like you said, th half of the options were where you're from, like a, not even in SoCal, but where your family is. Like, yeah. what was it about Yale that even trumped the location factor? Oh, man, many things. But I think the biggest thing that stands out to me is the environment of the lab itself. Mm -hmm. I've heard so many good things about the my new boss, right. um, the professor I'm going to work for. And he's he's such a nice guy but also a brilliant scientist. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if this is common in other fields, but a lot of... I, I, some brilliant scientists have some really bad reputations as people. Oh, interesting. Okay. And to me, it was... It scared me off enough that I just didn't want to spend five, six, seven years there mm -hmm. with being yelled at or possibly or yeah. things like that. Because I really believe that science can be a good environment to work in and you can thrive. Mm -hmm. You don't need to have a toxic environment. And I knew that the lab at Yale had such good reputation right. and I really enjoyed the people there too. People seem happy and they were thriving because they were happy. And I think that goes a long way. It's, it's a long run. I think you should feel happy and be in an environment that actually encourages you and makes your passion become that much stronger rather than being miserable every day mm -hmm. thinking, oh, I just need to get through this for my career. I just need to get through this, which often is the attitude you can have in in scientific academic career, I think. Yeah. And yeah. I, I didn't want that for myself because there were some labs that I thought, my gosh, these science, it's so incredible. Like they're famous and so on. But um, I didn't even apply because I heard such bad things. Uh, yeah. So I think mentorship is what stands out the most. Mm. I knew it was going to be a good fit in terms of having that good relationship with my boss. Yeah. Yeah. Where we can really encourage each other. And, and you wanted to just succeed, right? You wanted to be in a place where it sets you up for a, like a pathway of success. Yeah. And, and there are many ways to get to success and there are many definitions of success. And right. in my mind, I didn't want to get there by selling my soul mm, you know right. it's i it is one of the ways people choose that path as well for me it's just not worth my time mm. i i care enough about my mental health to want to take care of it wow. yeah that's not that people don't care but it's it's for me I, it just isn't worth it i mean yeah. you got you got a snapshot like looking at those people who are working there so you yeah. can almost see yourself like yeah so it's almost it's too real to like you gotta consider it. It's right yeah. in front of you. Wow. And yeah. and on the other end, that's that's one thing that you weren't willing to sacrifice, right? Yeah. You weren't willing to sacrifice your, um, yeah, like you said, S mental health, sanity, your, sanity. <laughs> your livelihood, and you know, just your general well being. Right? Yeah, I'll be honest. I thought about it because some some opportunities were tempting enough that I was like, maybe I can just gun it out for five years. It'll, I'll mm -hmm. just I'll just get through it. I'm tough. Right. But I mean, let's be real. Everyone told me, don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. I'm like, okay, so don't it. do it or do it. <laughs> okay, so don't do it. Yeah. Right. So it's going to be, you said five to seven. Is that kind of definitive or is it pretty loose? Um, so it depends on your career path exactly. Okay. For Typically for my the path that I want to go into, which is establishing your own lab as a tenure track professor, assistant professor, um, people usually stay as a postdoctoral researcher for about five, six years, sometimes four. If, you know, it depends, right. but that's pretty uh, that's pretty standard to do about five or okay. so. Hopefully, no longer. <laughs> you never Hopefully know. Not. We want you back. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, we so. definitely want to hopefully maybe have you come back as another guest, maybe with your husband. Yeah. Yeah. Just even the update, you know, like yeah. how are things, you know? Um, a a follow up to this. Yeah. And Jesse, you went to grad school for nursing, right? Well, not under- grad school. Is it just nursing school? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's just undergrad. Yeah. Um, but. I had a little bit of sacrifice as well in sure. moving away for, for work too, yeah. but um, maybe not to the degree that, that Lisa has, but yeah, um, yeah I, I feel like sacrificing for the sake of career is actually like an, a more common thing than people realize right. um, and, until they're like actually forced with that or faced with that decision, right? Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's a small decision like, oh, maybe should I move departments at work because I'm not driving with my department mm-hmm. or even like some people who are having even more major decisions like oh maybe like this isn't the career for me like mm-hmm. do i go back into school to try and find something else especially or, if it's like years in yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. or or diving in and just saying oh well I, I might as well just try something else yeah um so there there's a lot of different sacrifices that could happen and i think yeah i'm, I'm glad that you're able to share like your journey in that so far and yeah and hopefully we want to hear more about like your journey going forward too yeah yeah i appreciate it yeah, yeah. man academia like <laughs> i mean i spent four years in college i spent and six six okay so davis was four years yeah and then after that was it phd right after or masters or no i actually took two years working as a lab technician okay. so i was working and that actually is a lot like being in grad school okay. in some okay. ways because you are working in a lab full-time rather right. than studying textbooks okay so. and then after that five years in phd yeah i'm five and a half years five and, a half. Wow. Five. and then five to hopefully around five for yeah. the next one yes so that's like 14 15 14, years yeah of Ugh. just like not getting to where you want to be which is well, I mean, yes. the, the, the next five is pretty much where you want to be. That's true. That's true, right? Is. Uh, or... Actually, I no? well, it depends who you talk to. I think some people do find it even more stressful because okay. you're really at a time where you either get the professor job or you don't. Okay. There are uh, other ways to... It doesn't mean you failed or anything like that. But for some people that really want that job, if you don't... It is a critical period. If you don't get it, it might be a lot harder right. after a certain point. Um, there are certain steps that really helps if you can meet those goals, right. such as getting your own funding and mm-hmm. so on. So it de- really depends. Publishing big. Um, so if you miss that, it might be a lot harder. So it, it is. it can be very stressful in that sense. Yeah, so. And when you're a system professor, you have to establish yourself again so you can get tenured. Wow. So you're not your job is not secured until that point in in so many ways, you know. Wow. So it, it depends how you look at it. It's a journey, man. It's, so, a, it's just a journey. It's not a bad thing. It's just a long journey. It depends what you consider success again. So it is fourteen to fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably more. It's probably more. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's. I mean, I knew you were in school for a long time, but like. That's a long time, man. Yeah. It's okay. I'm That's very goal-driven. I don't mind it. Right. I'm enjoying the process. Okay. Yeah. It can be stressful at times, definitely. But yeah. I like that I have a clear goal in mind and I'm going for it. And if it doesn't happen, mm-hmm. there are other things to do. Sure. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess kind of a last question, maybe out to the listeners too. Yeah. Um, maybe a, ge- a general... General like... question. Maybe, um, Lisa, what what is your advice for people pursuing their careers? Whether... 
they're still in college. They don't they don't even know what to do. Um, whether they're early in their careers or late, I don't know. You know, ambiguous late. But for everybody who's pursuing their careers, do you have any general advice for um, what to keep in mind, what to really strive for, um, and whatnot? Mm. Or especially since you're a list person, how to prioritize? Right. Oh, I do love lists and prioritization. Mm. <laughs> I think. It's important to have a some kind of a goal in mind, big or small. I, well, for me, it really helps to kind of see the end goal of what it could be and what I could become, right. and kind of having a big picture too. It's not just about the day to day for me. And I, I mean, when my grandpa got sick and I got into research, that really helped. And I still hold by that. I I'm I don't I'm not working on Alzheimer's anymore, mm, sure. but it still led me here, and it's something that matters to me. And I know why I'm here. And I think it's important to kind of know what your values are in that yeah, sense yeah, and yeah. how you can use your career towards that. And also, I'm a workaholic, but I can still confidently say career doesn't define me. It's not who hmm. I am. Mm -hmm. It would be heartbreaking if it didn't work out. But like I said, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really important to remember. But still find something that doesn't define you, but really motivates you to get up in the morning every right. day. And yeah. I think for some wow. people, it's it might be easy to just say, oh, it's a it's a job, it pays, so I'm going to go for it. That's okay too. But maybe you don't want to do that long term because it doesn't get you excited every mm. morning. And I think it should. You know, you, your job shouldn't be such a drag every day, I think. Yeah. It can be on some days, but you should at least have a big picture in mind. Mm -hmm. With that being said, if you're in undergrad, college, and you're still trying to figure out what you want to do, that's okay. Doesn't make you a failure or something. If you don't right, have a goal right. in mind yet, that's okay. That's part of the process. I think it's important to seek out people and ask them questions um, and try to figure out different options what what your options even are like talk to different people what do you do what do you like about it mm -hmm. why do you do this i think that's so important to just talk to people that have jobs that you may want or do have and once you figure it out i think it's important to have mentors mm -hmm. i mean yeah. what better people to ask than people that have a job already that you want <laughs> yeah i think that's really really helpful and i actually talked to a lot of professors about how they got there and what their advice is for me. Right. So obviously I don't have any specific career advice, but my advice would be to seek out people, talk to people and try to figure out what you want to do and why. Yeah. And I think that really gets you a long way and practical steps wise. Once again, talk to people. Hey, how did you get here? What did you have to do? Maybe it could be something big or small, like, Oh, I had to take this class or you need a master's. If you want to get this job, You mm -hmm. then you, start to figure out practical steps right but you can't do that unless you ask and mm. you know have that i guess list and the prioritization <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so i think it helps to talk to people and if you don't know what you want to do once again just i don't know experience different things and that's not a bad thing just because you spent three months doing an internship where you realize you don't want to do that i've done yeah. that too that's totally fine yeah. it's not a waste of time so fine. that's one yeah. step closer towards what you are going to end up doing yeah i think so yeah wow that's i mean i, I feel like that that helps me too just that Same. whole bigger picture um advice yeah um so again to you listeners um what is you know what is something that you're facing right now do you, do you feel like you're making a decision or having to face a decision where you have to sacrifice or 
Do you feel like maybe unsettled at work and have these questions are coming up? Um, I'm sure um, those who are considering, like, especially if you're in college or, or you're in um, your career early on, um, that these are questions that are still probably plaguing your mind, um, just like it is for us. Um, so what do, you, what do you guys think out there? Um, yeah. Just let us know. And we'd love to hear your thoughts and, and love to hear more from you guys. Yeah. So... This week, um, our wreck of the week is kind of similar um, to this idea of traveling. Yeah, maybe yeah. not so much like traveling because you, you kind of have to for your career. But <laughs> um, our wreck of the week is a city, global city um, yeah. that we recommend that we've been to. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Who wants to start? Lisa, let's, uh, let's start with our guest this week. Yeah, Lisa. Okay. Um, you visited a lot see. recently. So. Yeah, I and I love traveling, but oh my gosh, I don't know if I can pick a single place. I mean, the world is such a big place. It's, it's pretty darn and big. They're all it's so different. Big. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I can pick a place, but I do think people should go out of their comfort zone if you can. I mean, don't be stupid about it and <laughs> you know go into a bad street or something. But <laughs> I do <laughs> by yourself at night. Street. I don't know. <laughs> I can't pick a place, but I do think it's nice to get out of your comfort area. Maybe not just... I love Hawaii, by the way, but maybe not just go to Hawaii just because you know it. I would recommend going somewhere new and experiencing something new. So I guess in a different... So so something more specific you can recommend is like, what what do you look for when you go somewhere to travel? Um, If it's too similar to another place I've been to, I probably... I probably want to try something else. Okay. I think, unless it's Korea, because I have family there. I, I I love to visit over different and over. There, yeah, Very different course. reason. Yeah. But if it's for fun travel, I don't necessarily want to go to the exact same place every time. Okay. Or the same um, kind of place. Yeah, depends. All right. Okay. What about you, Jesse? Um, I think for me, I was really torn between picking something locally versus picking something a little less locally, and. Oh man, I know we said one, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say three. <laughs> three. <laughs> um, I right, go for it. <laughs> one local, one semi-local, or not not so local. Local-ish. One, yeah. yeah, and one far. Okay. So the local one I would recommend is San Diego. Hmm. Um, I recommend San Diego a lot because there's just so much good food there, um, and also so many good breweries. Uh, it's it's a f- great place if you want if you're a little bit foodie like I am um, to find anything really um and i mean obviously since it's it's san diego it's it's more well known for its like mexican foods being closer to the border of mexico Mm -hmm. um but also like one of the first places where craft brews really took off Mm. um i I think there's a point in time where san diego actually had to stop the like people from opening new breweries because there's just so many opening um because that's where the scene was what a problem to have i know i know um the not so local place i would highly recommend is washington dc um i was actually very surprised by them um one because i had low expectations going in but um it actually like impressed me um, both food wise um, but especially like stuff to do there's always something like if you if you like a little bit of history or like a little bit art or a little bit both um i mean the smithsonian is is a world's like Hmm. it's it's everything you could want um and you'll you'll never see everything right Uh, it's it's just too much um so i think that was honestly such a cool thing for me to realize and 
I would love to actually go back there for that.、Mm. And my faraway recommendation is、um, Japan.、Um, just a beautiful country.、Um, everything is just so well done food, art,、um, structure, like every little thing is just beautiful.、Um, and it's, it's a very like, hospitable country.、Mm-hmm. And it was just such a pleasure to be there. Cool. What about you, Jerome? Yeah, well, I'm going to stick with the rules.、Okay. Uh, I'm going to have a little bit of 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 a Do you know? I think I know. Budapest. Oh, okay. I、What? did not know. <laughs> nice.、Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. And it's really weird because it's like,、oh, you know, like I, I love Taiwan. I love Japan as well.、Yeah. Um, all these different places, but no place has, like, did I feel like I wanted to be there for the rest of my life. Wow. Like, well, maybe not like work and all that stuff, but like just. I wanted to sit there as long as I could. Okay. Wow.、Um, wow. I, I went on a trip to like Central Eastern Europe with my family、um, back in college. Okay. And, you know, there's like the, you know, like the, on the more towards like the、uh, west side, it's kind of like cathedrals and like、yeah. it's very, like, like not fam- familiar, kind of, right? And then we also went to like Prague too on the, on the other side.、Mm. And it was like very kind of like, I don't want to like, like Eastern Europe, European, right? Like,、mm-hmm. uh, style of architecture.、Mm. Granted, I'm not an architecture like major. I don't know how to, <laughs> I'm just using general terms, but、yeah. I'd almost say like Budapest was like fusion, fusion、huh. architecture. Of course,、yeah. if anybody knows that I'm full of BS, like, <laughs> call me out and whatever. But like,、um, the thing about Budapest is that、uh, the city is split down by a river,、okay. and one side is called Buda, and one is Pest.、Oh. And what's crazy is we started off on honestly, I don't remember which side, but it was、um, the side where there's more like kind of、uh, like industrial buildings. And then when we crossed the river and went to the more higher up, we went into like a castle. Wow. And then just overlooking the,、um, the other side was honestly one of the most. Gorgeous views I've ever、uh, seen. I'll show、wow. you guys an Instagram picture I, I posted、um, a while back, but I recommend it. The food was great,、um, the views are amazing, and I would love to go back someday. I'm、cool. so jealous right now. I know. Yeah, me you're、too. convincing me. I want to go. You gotta go. Yeah, like, you gotta the fact go. that he said, like, this is the place where he wanted to spend more time, like, that's. I know. Yeah. I want to change my answer、oh. to Budapest. <laughs> I... I highly recommend it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, let's all go. <laughs> episode 453. In, I don't know. In Budapest. In Budapest. On the river, right? Wow, what an episode. Yeah.、Uh, I so, think I've learned a lot, man. I, I, I have too. And again, for you listeners out there, like, what, what did you think? Is, is, this, is this a topic that's relevant to you?、Um, do you feel like this is something that you may have to face as, as in your life or in your career or just in general decisions?、Um, yeah. Yeah, let us know.、Yeah. Um, and if there's other things you want to hear about, also let us know.、Yeah. Um, you can follow us、um, on Instagram or at, on Twitter at JustJivePod.、Um, again, JustJivePod.、Um, and also,、uh, if you want to just shoot us um, like, some feedback, um, we're at JustJivePod at gmail.com.、Uh, 
Um, and yeah, um, also, uh, I know we didn't talk about this yet, but um, you know, for, for those who are listening uh, along the way, this doesn't make sense as much, but for us, it makes more sense. Um, but our logo. Yeah. Our logo, um, it is done by our good friend Eunice. Yep. Um, and uh, I think we'll probably... Uh, we'll talk more yeah, about we'll it. we'll talk more about it. But yeah, uh, you guys who are listening, you guys are like, oh, well, of course you guys have a logo. But it's like for us, um, time-wise, yeah. we just got this up. Like, it's pretty cool. Like, yeah. we had been wrestling with this for a couple weeks now. And, and, and Eunice was a great person to work with, too. Um, to kind of help us iron out our vision yeah. and just what we want. And we're excited to, to have you guys see that and, and just share this whole thing with you guys. Yeah, probably more to come too. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. We already have some other ideas, so it's going to be good. Yeah. But anyways, that about wraps up our episode today. Longer and very, I think, full of uh, just really meaningful content, I think. Uh, Lisa, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. We're going to miss you. Yeah, thanks so much, Lisa. And we'll hopefully bring you back soon. Thank you for having me. It was such an honor. I didn't know I was the first guest. <laughs> We're really honored. Thank you. Well, we'll see you next time. See you next time.